0: And here we go, right on. Hello everyone out there. Welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers and Shakers. And you know me, I love to shake it up a little bit and I love bringing you fabulous, magical, um, amazing uh, entrepreneurs so that you can get to know them, get to know the work that they're bringing to the world uh, it's really important to me that the the people I bring on this show are making change and are driven by passion and connection and uh, doing great work to the world, right? For the world, to the world, to all of us, to all of you, and bringing the circle even closer together. And that's why I love doing this. I love networking. I love introducing people to each other and it's so great so lindsay para is here today and lindsay and i have never met but we have several connections over the last several years so this is a real real thrill for me um, to have you here and to meet you and see you and i mean i feel like i know you but i've never even talked to you so it's really fun and that's another reason why this platform is so valuable and so amazing and I love the show now in its third year. I know. Pretty it's awesome. So, Lindsay, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to be here with all of us and to share your, your, your little bit of life or your lot of bit of life, <laughs> as it might be. So, um, uh, oh, I know, Lindsay, you do so many beautiful things. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what, sh- what you're about? Sure.
1: Um, I do. I have what I call a very full-wheel life, as I'm sure most of your audience does as well. Um, Just to back up and get a little bit of a point of reference of who I am and what my journey has been all about, I grew up in California in Silicon Valley, literally at the base of Sand Hill, which is the home many of the early startups like Hewlett Packard and whatnot, and I grew up in a technology family very focused on strategy and business and uh, very focused on the ways in which we think and do things, so that was a big part of my life growing up, but I also had a knowing from about the age of five that I saw things and heard things a little differently than my family and my peers did, and I learned at a young age how much of that to share and how much of that to keep inside. And most of it was keep it inside, translate the experience, and try to be as normal as possible (laughs) with everybody else. Um, I was pretty good at normal for the most part. Uh, I was a a good student, I was a good athlete. um, And the the challenge became as I grew older that keeping that intuitive, um, sensitive, empathic side. Um, hidden inside ultimately didn't serve. And so I became one of those young sensitives who started to self-medicate and to numb my sensitivities at a pretty young age, still while bridging a very outwardly successful life. I uh, went to college in San Diego and met my husband of now 23 years there. I went into management consulting after uh, college, which was a good traditional business business uh, start in the world, which was, um, I think, very much what my family kind of would have expected. And um, and I enjoyed it, actually. I did like the work that I did. I love strategy. I love technology. I love process. I love solving problems. Um, but inside, I had a little internal voice that was saying each day that this wasn't the real me, that um, literally I started to hear this voice escalate in my head that said, this is killing you. And I would dismiss it because I was uh, not prone to drama, not interested in drama um, but like so many times in our life when we stifle those knowing inner voices the voices just get louder and louder and louder mm-hmm. and ultimately i faced a literal health crisis that prevented me from stepping out the door um, i uh, after the birth of my first child Uh, He had some health challenges that also began to illuminate some of my own health challenges. We ultimately had six losses in our attempt to have a second child, and that became kind of a breaking point for me in my career and in my family life, where I became one of those people who just wanted to make the great leap. I just wanted to leave the corporate world, leave Mm. the Silicon Valley, leave the whatever it is. I know so many of us have the thing that we think we need to flee from whether it's a relationship or a past or a story or a career well I was I was that gal and I took my grand leap down to the central coast of California, I moved to a 40-acre multi-generational homestead where we built our um, eco-chic, eco-friendly uh, farmhouse. We wanted to raise our children kind of off the grid and raise goats and chickens, and I was destined to never be in front of a computer ever again, and that lasted about two weeks. Um,
0: I um, did
1: that too. I did yes, that
0: you did lasted, that to me. It lasted six years. Yes, okay.
1: So um, I, I did, through this process of leap and release, um, become pregnant with my second, my daughter, Cricket, who is now 14. Wow. Um, but along the way, after moving, I learned of a local um, educational nonprofit that was offering fantastic nature connection programs. And they had some strategic challenges they were facing. And I thought, well, that's not really work. I can just... Just, you know, go help them out a little bit. So my work for a while became um, volunteering my services and not getting paid. And that actually was a really vital time because I think I was able to tease out the motivations and the why of the work that I do Mm -hmm. that um, even though I thought in my mind work was the enemy, actually, it was the way in which I was showing up for it and whether or not I was allowing myself to bring my full self. And one of the beautiful things that um, began to sprout at that time was um, allowing myself to be fully integrated, that through bringing service to nonprofits and to uh, socially conscious businesses, I was able to start to show up as a full, more authentic me. That led me to a couple year project working with an amazing group, the Eight Shields Institute and John Young, where it took it even a step further because they're doing the work of cultural repair, because they're doing deep nature connection work. They're actually inviting our full holistic self. They're asking for you to bring your intuitive side, to bring your sensory side, to bring your knowing. And that I think was permission granting for me. And so the reintegration of that business side with that intuitive side opened up an entirely new pathway. And as a result, as I sit here today, I now run a boutique consultancy called the Mystic Society, where I help soulful entrepreneurs, mostly women, but um, really anyone who's guided to look beyond the bottom line and seeking to um, serve the planet and the people that they work with who are seeking ways to be more resonant and authentic and true to themselves and in so doing know that they'll have a bigger impact in the world. Um, Along the way I created a conscious uh, software company. We created a personal tracking and personal development app called the Shift Wheel app and then just in the last year we've really uh, expanded our work into bringing some teaching resources forward in the form of the Mystics Oracle Deck and Almanac which is a tool designed to help guide you on your journey so that you don't necessarily have to be like us and take the grand leap that you can actually start right where you are and through sacred inquiry and through authentic mirroring begin to take the small steps in your life that really lead to those bigger changes
0: wow and i just i just checking out your website of course Mm -hmm. um, realized that you had this oracle deck that you did with sarah yes yes sarah another full circle a little, a little co creative project
1: between Sarah Love and I. Um, she did all of the art and it's just, it's absolutely stunning. I'll pick a card here to show you. Here's an example, um, card 11, the Life Force card. So it's very colorful, it's very energetic. She uses collage-based art, she's Portland-based and uh, it's been a tremendous honor to work with her on this and to become so close.
0: Congratulations, Thank that's you. really beautiful, that's beautiful. Thank so you. what inspired the deck for you? I mean, what- what each each card each
1: oh my goodness that's such a great question um the inspiration for the deck actually came from spirit it actually came through a dream i was holding an oracle deck in my hands and when i turned it over i saw that i was the author of it so i was given a little glimpse that there was something that wanted to be born um i knew that i wanted it to have organic um, energetic art. And so uh, one of the very first steps was actually reaching out to Sarah and saying, I've received this guidance. This is a project that I want to do. Would you like to come on this journey with me? Uh, What we didn't know is it was going to end up being a three-year co-creative project three years of time. We uh, we definitely allowed ourselves to receive signs and messages of what wanted to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, every card in the deck, there's uh, 44 cards and a bonus card, uh, speaks to some elements either of the major arcana from Tarot, but more more specifically of elements of our everyday world elements of the the heroine's journey elements of nature connection that elements are there the elementals are in this deck mm. so it was really a way to take a worldview and a new lens on everyday magic and bring it forward in a tangible product that you can hold in your hands and that can offer insight and guidance you know whether you're into divination or not there's always so much personal development that can come just through inquiry so our deck Offers not only kind of little uh, doses of inspiration, but it offers um, mantras and uh, journal prompts in the form of sacred inquiry. Um, We also have a companion booklet that helps you weave in a sensory experience of the deck. So it has the crystals that correspond to a card, the flower essences, the essential oils. Um, It's it's a way to deepen into your own journey of alignment to self in a way that's fun and beautiful and light, and it's really. It's really uh, garnered quite a following, so we're are enjoying seeing it come into its own as well.
0: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I I love working with cards. I love working with. I've been a tarot reader for thirty plus years, and uh, oracle cards, and I mean, there's there's such a plethora of cards out there now, and it's so beautiful. Yes, you know, to see the the different visions and then different takes and they're all, they're all tools. I mean, it's just great to have tools. Absolutely. I love tools.
1: <laughs> you too, and the tools card is in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's my card. <laughs> um, and as a coach, I mean, you know that too, um, to be able to give people something tangible to work with, and Absolutely. and it can be uh, empathic and tangible kind of at the same time I mean, absolutely yeah. it, you, you do not have to teach through
1: didactic learning or courses only and certainly this oracle deck is is a is a channel and a conduit for that teaching as well
0: great sweet, sweet I know I always say that my coaching involves um, the, the practical with a little bit of woo <laughs> so absolutely mix it up absolutely it's all connected that's so good so Wow, you've had an amazing journey, and you. Uh, I read about your Lyme disease, and your which has brought you to where you are today. Yes, uh, we, we all have these hustles and obstacles that take us on journeys that we weren't expecting. Uh, and they're always if we if we allow them, right? If we allow the unfolding of that journey instead yeah. of fight it, if we surrender to the unfolding, yeah. uh, it will take us deeper into an even greater place. And, and obviously that's what you've done. And you've really developed your, your business with the mystic society. So is that a, is that a membership program or what is, what is that exactly?
1: Yes. The, the mystic society is a year long membership. We journey through the seasons of the year together and our focus is on money, magic, and meaning. And I think, mm. um, I think part of what makes it a unique space is it does blend the practical with the woo, but it also brings in the money.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm.
1: I, I think one of my reasons for being on the planet is to help, Channel resources into the hands of the change makers, and business and money is an area of my zone of genius. I love talking about money. I do not think money is the enemy. I do not think commerce is the enemy. I actually am really inspired by the earliest models of commerce where mm. our ability to create meaning and to create money was actually a, a gesture of peacemaking before we could create an exchange it came down to brute force. If you had something that I wanted or needed, it was about whether I could take it from you. But when we allowed ourselves to move into exchange, Uh it was a first step towards peacemaking. So the, the earliest marketplaces were watched over by the merchant priest who held ceremony, believing that every need could be met, that every melon could find a home or that every need for food would, would be matched by the resources brought to the marketplace. And I think that we're in a stage and phase of the, collective you know awakening that would have us release our stories and our blocks around money and actually bust some of these myths of the starving artist, the starving healer and bring back a yes and which yes. is you can be fully, fully in your what we call right lively but that's a, a Buddhist phrase but fully aligned to your soul purpose and wildly abundant at the
0: same yes. time. Those,
1: yes, yes. stories that hold us back into those old paradigms keep us stuck and keep us in lack and I really delight in busting those myths and connecting people to true
0: abundance. That's fantastic. I actually just wrote a whole blog post about freedom Money and creativity. Yes. Right yes. <laughs> we I, yes. I know. I'm I'm right there. I'm on that same page with you and it's so good. It's so juicy. Yes. And to break through all those limiting beliefs and those old freaking stories, man. God. Yes. Yes. The Absolutely. stories that we've been told and then we keep telling ourselves about money. Money is huge. Yes. Um, so that's and so
1: many in the spiritual community think that it should be the thing not spoken and I keep saying why is this I want the healers wildly abundant I want the world changes to have every freedom and resource that they're well, just...
0: well you know what's interesting too and it's probably a like like that in a lot of the subcultural or underground or not the norm kind of ways because as as also a dancer. Um, there's a lot of lack Mm-hmm. in the dance world and yes we can costume ourselves up and we can buy 100 dollar headdresses but do we dare invest in ourselves right. in a way? no there's not enough money for that well wait a minute and there's this whole this whole money mindset yeah. that i'm trying to break through yeah. and and i i mean i teach it all the time uh yeah. and it's just amazing to see you know that, that whole like you said the starving artist yeah. so, can't, can't make money doing what I love. You know, I want to be creative, but I can't make money doing it. And it's like, well, yes, you can. (laughs) Yep.
1: Yep. And these messages get reinforced in so many ways, you know, whether it's the starving artist, starving healer, or this idea that you have to choose um, either love or money. I mean, I, I love walking people through the process of shifting their money story. And I always ask them to create a playlist of the songs that they remember from childhood. That's that spoke around money Ooh. and so many of them are about this idea that money and love are mutually exclusive right like can't yeah. buy the love or forever in blue jeans you know this idea that like you would leave one behind in order to claim the other and again i'm here to say why can't it be a wild yes and i want you to have it all
0: <laughs> oh, oh my god Oh, songs. Oh, now that's going to make me, I'm going to have to think about that all night long. Yeah. Forever in blue jeans. That's hysterical. Yeah. Of course, the one song that pops into my head is Money by Pink Floyd, right? There what? you go. Right. Yeah. It's,
1: it's fun when you start to examine the ways these messages show up and what they're reinforcing in you and what they bring up for you.
0: Yeah. Wow. So what, what drives you? You, you, your, your person, your everyday, what drives you?
1: What drives me, I think, is the ability to identify the magic and meaning in life Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, one
1: of the ways that we get most stuck and I think we're all we've all been there at some point in our lives certainly I have been is when we face hardship or adversity whether that's in our health or in our finances or in our love life we have the opportunity to either fall prey to feeling victim to it or to identify the opportunity and the um, transformation in it and the pathway that I found in to identifying that threshold of transformation is to assign meaning and to look for the everyday magic. And so I think every single morning, what I do before I even open my eyes is I literally give gratitude to the universe that I have another day. And why am I grateful that I have another day? It's not just to delight in this sensory experience that we came into form to be a part of, but it's it's to be to be an amplifier of the magic within it. Um, I was just recently at a women's uh, gathering where I had the opportunity to bring the Oracle deck and I was kind of going through my usual process and all of a sudden the intuitive guidance dropped in to ask the women in the room how many of them knew what moon phase we were in in that moment in time. and. Almost none of the women in the room knew that we had just had a full moon, and I thought, "Oh my goodness! If we aren't even if we aren't even connected to one of our most potent guides and teachers as women, as humans, um, the moon." what other everyday magic are we missing out on? We're missing out on the sunrises, on the sunsets. We're missing out on the magic of laughter, of connection, of movement, of dance, of sensual pleasures. And so what motivates me is this idea that I can be a part of channeling resources in the form of magic, money, meaning to those who need it, um, whether they're, you know, just starting out on their journey or whether they're facing real challenges that might have them, you know, facing a choice point where they feel like either there isn't any hope or they can't find the path forward and unlocking those third doors and helping them step through into the yes and just delights me to no end.
0: Mm, I love that. That's really juicy. Thank you. So good. Mm. I had I had chills when you were talking. I had like goosebumps going down my arms. It's really good. Oh. I love all that. <laughs> that. Those angel kisses down your arms. Oh, I like. Yeah, so, um, um, so, I imagine. So you have this every day. You start before you even open your eyes. You said you have you give gratitude. What else do you do for yourself every day?
1: It's a great question. I'm a mom of three. I have a a son who just went to college. I have Cricket, his name is Sage. Cricket, my uh, middle is uh, fourteen, and my youngest is nine. Her name is Ember. And so, so much of my day is designed to allow me to be the kind of mom that I wanted to be. I knew that I was, in, as I was embarking on my own right livelihood, that I wanted to be available to drop off and pick up. For we go, my children go to this amazing little rural school, and so I wanted to be available. I wanted to have experiences with them. I want to walk the land with them and so much of my day is designed around how to to be a present mom um, and to be the kind of mom I want to be I really believe that you need to have your own roots down and your own wings up and so self-care is key but because I'm a mom that means some days self-care is collapsed down into five minutes of <laughs> yes but on an ideal day when I can wave my magic wand and have um, a full day practice for myself. Um, the kind of non-negotiables for me tend to be first and foremost a gratitude practice. Um, I do start every, the first moment I realize that I'm back in form, that I'm coming out of the ethers and I've been given a new day. I really do pause to give thanks. Mm -hmm. Um, from there, I like to um, follow my own pattern of affirmations and really take a tour of my visual and my intentions for the day. Intention setting is a big piece of my practice.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I also have a core routine called a sit spot. And this is one of the core routines that is, um, taught in nature connection and in cultural repair, kind of like, combining um sitting out in nature with meditation, but it's just the idea that we can just give ourselves even five minutes to connect into the earth, to put our feet on the ground, to be outside. And I know sometimes I get um, comments after interviews like these with people say, but I don't live on a homestead, Lindsay, or I'm not out in the country. And I always want to remind everyone, you do not have to be out in the country to have connection to Mother Earth. She's right beneath you. Just taking off your shoes at work and putting your feet on the ground. If you can't actually get your feet on the earth you can visualize the earth even lifting your glance up and looking out a window to take in the horizon to take in the clouds all of this is connected to our original instructions as humans and so a sit spot for me is the opportunity to bring that quiet meditative time with my um my ability to connect to the Earth into nature, and so that for me is one of my non-negotiable core routines.
0: I love that. I know I actually have to get outside every day. I'm a runner, but yeah. I use that time. I use that as my power, my power walk, my meditation, my gratitude practice. My inv- I use it all. I do it all. When I'm out. Functions for you. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But I. But I. But if I don't go outside, I mean, I feel stifled. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I, uh,
1: and most people do, and yet people's connection to nature is um, getting crowded out with modern day life. And so anything that we can do to bring ourselves a little bit of that time to feel the wind on our skin, to take in the beauty of a sunset, it calms anxiety, it calms overwhelm, it brings mm-hmm. inspirational ideas. So that's a big piece of of my my walk as a, in
0: terms of self-care mm-hmm. for sure. And, and so everyone out there, I hope you heard that as a beautiful reminder <laughs> to to Acknowledge, acknowledge what we have outside, outside of our box, because we can get stuck in the little box in front of the little screen on the little couch. And of course, my, you know, my thing is movement, momentum, and magic. And movement is such a big part of every day. Yes, you know, and it's the same thing to get outside, to move, to move the body, to move the energy, to move the spirit, to move the brain. Uh, and that's just so juicy and. It's such a great way to set yourself up for success. That's what I say. That's my morning practice is set your day up for success.
1: It's so true, but like money or like nature, it's so easy for us to build stories of why we can't move our bodies. I know oh, really? a lot of my time, uh, helping serve the chronic illness community, what we like to call chronic wellness. Um, again, people will come to me and say, well, that's that's nice, but I'm ill, or I'm in a wheelchair, or I have chronic fatigue, and I was there um, bedridden for, for almost a year, and, um, the, the most subtle acts of movement are so empowering. You know, I remember um, a dear friend coming who's a Pilates instructor and and showing me some, some basic stretches I could do in bed. Um, there's a woman and a dear friend of mine, Rochelle Sheik, who developed a dance modality called Koya. Oh, wow. And she has beautiful videos you can do from bed if you're not able to get up or a five minute just shaking it out just to move the energy through your body. So the, the reality that you're out they are making a strong connection between movement and success. I think it means everything because ultimately we came into form in this vessel, in these bodies, and and they're here for us in, in all of their diversity and all of their challenges. But movement is, is such a gift and we should, and and have the opportunity, I should say, to claim it in whatever way we can and be good enough within
0: that. And, and I think so much of that is, is just honoring yourself, honoring the body, the body as temple. Yes. Right. This is it. This is this is all you have. Yes. You know, fuck the house and the car and the whatever. Yeah. This is it. Yep. This yep. is simple and this is where you move from and and grow from. And and it's so I mean I've taken it for granted as I've grown up and I've abused it yep. in lots of ways. And I'm really thankful I'm still here. Yep. And whole and happy. Yep. Um, Uh, and I love growing older. I mean, I just, it's just, it's all such a blessing.
1: Such a blessing. Every day is a blessing.
0: It's so true. And, and to do the work that you love, I mean, to see you shine uh, and, and to see you light up when you talk about your work is so exciting. I love it. And what you're doing is so amazing. Oh my goodness. It's just so powerful and so fabulous and such a gift to the world. Um, Is there anything else you would like to tell our viewers before we go?
1: You know, I think when in doubt, if you can get yourself back to gratitude. Um, Gratitude for me, I remember a teacher and mentor, Gilbert Walking Bull, said, um, gratitude are the words spoken before all else. And that's really become a, a North Star and a guiding light for me. And as you walk the path of gratitude, especially if you can move beyond the layer of thinking about gratitude and instead begin to notice the times when you are feeling grateful in your body. And so whether that's through movement and dance or whether that's through um, connection with a loved one or whether that's through self-care and drawing a lovely bath for yourself, um, the act, the truly, miraculous act of allowing yourself to connect to gratitude is a magnet for more things to be grateful about so when i think about passion and i think about conscious hustle and i think about the ways to invite more magic in our life there were one thing i would recommend that someone start with it would be gratitude
0: hmm, beautiful thank you for that mm-hmm. oh such an inspiring conversation so good um Lindsay, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for taking the time to do this. And oh, one thing, wait, 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 we hit, we forgot to talk about the sacred CEO. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Because you work with a, a dear friend of mine, Elena. Yeah, yeah. And um, you have another partner in that. Do you want to share a little bit about that real quick? Absolutely. Um, Well, one
1: of the things along this journey of Right Livelihood is that as we pursue our livelihood, our business, and especially as entrepreneurs, it can become very isolating. And so ultimately, Mm -hmm. um, uh, two dear friends and I, uh, Lena Lipson and Celia Ward-Wallace, started a company called the Simply Sacred Company, and we offer programs and retreats for the, um, the, the inner sacred CEO in all of us. And really are activating women to the idea that you can be the CEO in your life and your business. And we're transmuting this idea that a CEO is an older man, often an older woman <laughs> from a somewhere. And instead remind ourselves that stepping into CEO in our own life is an empowering step that anyone can claim. So thank you for plugging that. Uh, We have our annual retreat in Tulum, Mexico every year. Uh, Elena brings movement and self-care and the sensual and the divine. Uh, Celia Ward-Wallace is a master coach and is committed to helping people bring their expression and their livelihood forward in good ways to help themselves, help the planet, help the collective. And I get to play in the realm of the mystic in that triad Mm. and focus on the alchemy, the magic, the rituals, um, the ceremony. So it's it's a really divine triad and we're really grateful to get to spend our time doing that together and it definitely fuels that part of each of us that knows that you don't have to do it alone and that everything can be so much more fun when you do it together so that partnership has very much been a piece of that for me
0: awesome love mm-hmm. it I love it um, yeah Lena and I go back a couple years now and she's taught with me a few times at my retreat and so fabulous I can see that weaving. You two both shine such bright
1: lights, and I can see how you would be uh, attracted like little magnets, but also so beautifully complementary.
0: Oh, nice! Thank you. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: All right, that's great. All right, my friends, thank you for joining us for another episode of Heart and Hustle: Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. I am your tribal hostess, Paulette Ries-Denis, and our beautiful guest today, Lindsay Para, uh, and we'll put all her links and all her special stuff in in the in the boxes below, wherever they fall. (laughs) Uh, And you can join her list and check out her Oracle deck and all the goodness that she provides and and has available to you. Um, Thank you for being here, as always. There's so much out there to experience and to inspire and be inspired by. So thank you for being part of my journey and thank you for allowing me to be part of your journey and all of us here. And many blessings until we meet again.